0: You know, I love when uh, we're able to read those last chapters in the gospel. I like to read the the ending of a lot of books, you know, to see what happens at the end. And uh, we we have the victory in Christ, and Christ won the victory for us, and that's why it's so exciting when we think about the Easter story. We see that Jesus conquering death, conquering sin, conquering Satan, and He gives us the victory too. But this is the key. The resurrection of Jesus Christ can have a profound effect on your life. The key is this has it? Has it had an impact on your life? You know, I was thinking about how much Jesus' disciples changed from that Good Friday, Sunday, and beyond. And they changed the world, and their life was impacted tremendously. And I think about the first century, and when we read the gospel accounts, how many people were dramatically changed. But does Christ still do that today? Does Christ still change a life and impact a life in such a powerful way that your life is never the same again? And I have to tell you, he does. How many people, has anybody seen uh, the movie... I Can Only Imagine. It's in theaters now. A couple people, yeah. A couple people have seen it. I want to encourage you to check out that movie because it tells a true story of a fella that was changed dramatically in his life. He's the lead singer of of Mercy Me, the the group that made the song, I Can Only Imagine, such a, a big hit. It's probably the most popular modern Christian song that we have today. But I want to show you a clip of that Today to kind of introduce this idea how Christ can impact a life. It's an amazing song. Just kinda of happened. Took about ten minutes, I guess. Bart, you didn't write this song in ten minutes. It took a lifetime. How'd you do this? You know, I've never told anybody my story. When I was uh, 11 years old, life was tough. Where's Mama? She's gone. She don't want me no more. She don't want you neither. And I've always loved music. And I found some songs that I just, I held on to. They gave me hope. Mercy me, that can't be his real voice. Because I needed it. Dad, yeah, I can do this. No, you can't. And you're gonna blink your eyes, and you're gonna realize that life has gotten you nowhere because you chased some stupid dream. I can. I'm leaving, Shan. Yeah. I want you to know that I pray for you all the time, and I hope that you find whatever it is that you're looking for out there. What are you running from, my dad? Been right about it. Let that pain become your inspiration. I have some stuff I need to sort out. And I deal with it the only way I know how. And that's to write a song. You hungry? I set the table. What is this? I want to make things right. You and me. My dad was a monster. And I saw God transform him you have a gift real gift i didn't think that god could do that and so i wrote this song for my dad Bart Miller suffered physical and emotional abuse by his alcoholic father. It impacted his life tremendously. At the age of 11, he came to know Christ. But the wounds from his past kept him from having intimate relationships with other people, about respecting authority, or even listening to authority. And so he had a lot of stuff still in him, even though he accepted Christ At that young age, I think that's what got him through to an adult. But God still had to do some work in his life. And it's amazing to see how God did that. So I'm not going to tell you the rest of the story. You're going to have to go see the movie. But the Bible proclaims that because of the resurrection, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's still able to forgive us of our past. Be present with us every single day and take care of all of our tomorrows right into eternity. The beauty of the gospel and the resurrection and the impact that it has is it affects every part of our life just as it did in Bart Millard's case. He has the ability to go back in our past and heal us of the wounds of our past. He's able to be with us today in the situation that we're facing right now and have an impact in our lives. And then he's able to secure or give you a sense of security for the future. Isn't that amazing, the gospel? You see, much of the New Testament writers wrote about that over and over again. The Apostle Paul being the one of the one that wrote the most about the resurrection, because he actually applied the resurrection into his own life. And that's what we have to do. How has the resurrection impacted me? We have to ask that question. How has the resurrection impacted me? What's its implication for me? And for the Apostle Paul he understood that. In Romans chapter 4 verse 25 he said he was handed over to die because of our sins and he was raised to life to make us right with God. He was handed over for our sins to die for us. And now he was raised to make us right with God. He was then filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul, then to live a new life. Once he persecuted Christians, once he hated them, and now his life was changed dramatically. And what did he attribute it to? He'd attribute it to the work of Jesus Christ on the cross and on the resurrection. He writes again in Romans 8, chapter 11, he says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living in you. Isn't that powerful to know? That Jesus Christ can have an impact in our lives, in our lives today. He can give life to us because of what He did at the cross. You know, when you look at Jesus Christ's life, He was unjustly treated. He was abandoned by his followers. He was tried and convicted in a biased courtroom with false witnesses of blasphemy and insurrection against the Roman Empire. He's then taken and tortured before he's crucified. Beyond beyond recognition, his body is marred. And then he's crucified between two thieves. When you think about what Jesus Christ went through... It's amazing. And why did he do it? He did it because he wanted to take the punishment for our sin. So that we could be made right in God's eyes. But then that doesn't end there. They take him while he's hanging on the cross. They spear him. And blood and water come out from his body. And then to make sure, to make sure that he's dead. Then he's taken and he's placed in a borrowed tomb. And he stays there three days. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Amen? Friday is dark. It's foreboding. Saturday is silent. There's no really mention of Saturday at all. It's just silent in the Scripture. But Sunday morning, something happens. There's a shaking. There's an earthquake. The stone is rolled away. Christ is alive. The power of the resurrection is evident. And that's the time that we're living in now. We're living in post-resurrection time. We're not living in Good Friday time. We're not living in Silent Saturday time. We're living in post-resurrection time. The time after the resurrection. And it hasn't, it's able to have an impact on your life. And on my life as well. But does it? How has it had an impact on your life? Well, if you're trying to figure that out. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 24. We're going to look at Luke chapter 24 because in Luke chapter 24 we see that the disciples that had walked with Jesus, they had a little bit of a hard time figuring out how the resurrection was even true and how it impacted them in their life. When you open up the first scene in Luke chapter 24 you see that the Women are going to anoint with spices the body of Jesus. They're not expecting any resurrection. This is not even on their radar at all. They don't even think about it. They're just going there to respect the death of Jesus and anoint him with spices. And then they get there and the tomb, the stone that was blocking the tomb is rolled away. And then they go inside and they see that there's grave clothes there, but there's no body. And they're trying to comprehend what is happening. They even say, who took Jesus? Who took his body? And then there's two angels that appear. And they say, why do you look for the living among the dead? You see, the angels understood something that was happening. They understood what was happening at the birth of Jesus, right? We always talk about the angels appearing at the birth of Christ because they understood God was up to something. He was sending a Savior for mankind. But at the resurrection, at the crucifixion and then the resurrection, they see the completed plan of God that Jesus has paid for our sin. He is our Savior. His name actually means to save us from our sins. And He does that when He dies on the cross for us, but then is resurrected. And then they proclaim to these women, He's not here, He's risen. Remember how He told you while He was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over into the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Jesus spoke this truth over and over again with His disciples, but they just didn't get it. You know, there's so many times you can be in church, you can hear messages, you could could, uh, even read the Bible. But we're not connecting the dots to our own life. And for these disciples, these early disciples, they weren't connecting things. They were in deep sorrow. It's understandable. They were grieved. They were in mourning. So I want to encourage you not to be despondent toward the things of God. Even if sometimes they're hard to understand in your own life and in your own journey. You see, these women and the disciples were struggling. They go back and they hear this message from the angels. They go back and they tell the apostles, hey, you won't believe this, but this is what we heard. Jesus is risen. The angel told us. And you know what it says in the Bible? Just a few verses later it says, it seemed like nonsense. Nonsense. To the disciples, what are you talking about? Get a grip! You know they might have just thought you're being emotional. You're being too emotional here. But Peter runs back and he sees the empty tomb too. In Matthew and Luke, chapter twenty-four, the scene switches and it goes to this place on this road. Two disciples, Cleopas and another one, they're walking on the road to Emmaus. And as they're walking on this road to Emmaus, they're talking about all the things that have happened since Jesus was crucified. And they're talking, discuss these things with each other, and they're, they're just saying, How did this ever happen? We thought Jesus was the answer. We thought he was the one who was going to save us. And they crucified him. And it's over. The movement is done. It's over. And then somebody walks up beside them. But they're kept from recognizing him. It's Jesus. And he doesn't say, It's me. He says, What are you guys talking about? And they said, Well, haven't you heard what happened in Jerusalem? You know, about how the Son of God, the Son of Man, was ca- taken. Jesus was taken and he was crucified. And he's, he's, he's dead and all his disciples are scattered. And he goes on. He says, tell me more. But they're kept from recognizing them. Why? Maybe they're downcast. Maybe they're looking at themselves. Maybe they're just thinking about how sad they are. But they're kept from recognizing the risen Jesus Christ. You know, there's people today. You could be here today. And you've been kept from recognizing about the truth of the resurrection and how it impacts your life. You're not alone. There's people in the Bible right here that had that same impact on their life. They were kept from recognizing because of the past. I don't know what your past is. I don't know why you may be even angry at God for letting you down, for not answering a prayer, that that you were waiting on God to do something, but you got disappointed. He didn't come through for you or you thought he didn't come through. I want to tell you the story's not over. The story's never over with what God can do in your life. He has the ability to take the most difficult things and change them in our hearts and give us a different view of looking at them. And the resurrection makes this possible. You know, some people regret the past so much that they're blind to the present. And you see, that's what's happening at this moment in the gospel these two disciples they're walking with Jesus. He's walking right next to them. He's communicating to them and they still don't get it. And so then he begins to tell them about what he has done. And he tells them that everything that was written about me in the scripture is being fulfilled. You see, Jesus never gives up on us. He'll never give up on you. He'll never give up on me. He wants to reveal his love to us and show us his power is available for us today. You know, I've seen this happen. Do you think that Jesus can relate to you? I know he can. He can relate to the situation that you're going in right now. I've witnessed couples that have been so angry at each other. And then they found the forgiveness in their heart because Christ told them to forgive one another and to start. I've seen couples that have betrayed each other, have broken trust, and then God has restored that trust over time. Why? Because they realized that they could forgive Because God had forgiven them, and they were going to forgive as God had forgiven them. And they forgive each other, and they start over again. I've seen people with diagnosed stage 4 cancer, some people even right here in this room. And they go to God, and they, they go through the chemo and everything, but they're trusting in God to bring healing into their body, and God heals them. It's amazing to see how God takes them every part of the way. Because he lives, he gives life, even in our mortal bodies. I was just talking to a woman yesterday. She said, "Would you pray for my husband?" She said, "Do you remember you prayed for you prayed for me twelve years ago?" And I said, "Well, refresh my memory. What happened?" She said, "You came over my house, and we were there, and you asked my husband to pray for me because I was going in for an operation. It was a tumor." on my kidney, and they were going to operate. And so they did another ultrasound right before the operation, and it was gone. God answered prayer. They don't understand why God gave life to her. God still does that. But I've also been to funerals where God did not do the healing. He took the person home to be with him. But I've noticed a distinct difference between a Christian funeral and a non-Christian funeral. I've noticed a big difference about somebody who knows that they're going to heaven and a family who knows that they're going to be there and they're going to meet them again someday and somebody that has no hope at all. There's such a huge difference in how people view death and how they view eternity. And I want to tell you, Jesus came so that we could know that we have eternal life. He came so that we could be assured of that because he knows that this life is so short. Just think about how quickly the years have gone by in your own life. Maybe you have 20 years to more to live. Maybe you have 30 or 40 or 50, but it goes very quickly. We're not promised tomorrow. But we are promised in Jesus Christ an eternal life with him tomorrow if we make him our Lord and our Savior. Jesus can enter into any situation. It's never too late. Remember the thief on the cross? There they are. There's two criminals hanging on the cross with next, on either side of Jesus. And one of them is railing accusations at Jesus. Come on, Jesus, do something if you're the Son of God. And the other one says, stop, don't you have any respect? And then he turns to Jesus and he says, Jesus, would you remember me when you enter into your kingdom? And What does Jesus tell him? Today you'll be with me in paradise. Now this guy didn't have any time to get himself ready. He didn't have any time to, to make himself presentable to Jesus. He just said, Jesus, would you remember me? It was enough. But I want to encourage you, don't wait till you're on your deathbed to give your life to Jesus Christ. Why? Because he wants to impact your today right now. He wants to impact your past. And yes, he will impact your future for all eternity. But he wants to be involved in your life right now. There's one more scene in Luke chapter 24 and we read about it earlier today. But it's these two disciples... After they recognize, they finally recognize, Jesus stops and they invite him over and they have a meal with him. And when he breaks the bread, they recognize that it's the Christ and then he's gone. And so they said, we got to go back to Jerusalem and tell the other brothers. So they turn around, they were on the road to Emmaus, seven mile road. And then they turn around and they said, we got to go back. Let's go back to Jerusalem. So they go back to Jerusalem. They enter into the house and they start to tell the disciples, Uh, The other disciples, we saw Jesus. He was walking with us on the road and they said, hey, Simon saw him too. And then the women probably said, yeah, we saw him too. And so they're rejoicing about this idea. Could he be alive? And then it says that Jesus at that moment walks into the room while the doors are closed. And he appears before them and he says, peace or shalom. Shalom. Peace be with you. And it says here that they were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. And he said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It's I, myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. You see, Jesus shows them his hands and his feet. He wants to convince them that he is alive from the dead. And it's not just some spiritual Uh, body, that, but it's a real physical body. And he says, he says, touch me. And then he says, do you have anything to eat? And he eats right there in front of their presence. He has some broiled fish. But he was showing them that he had a renewed body. It still had the scars there, but it was a glorified body something changed in him and so he's revealing that to them you see only christianity gives us the assurance of eternal life because jesus lives we too can live and when jesus shows up in his resurrection he says to them look at guys me it's still me i'm not some ghost I'm not just some uh, spirit, but it's really me. It's my personality. It's my body. And this is me. You know, so often you hear so many different theories. What happens after you die? Don't you always hear those things? Well, what would happen to me after I die? You know, some people think we're made of stardust and we'll return into stardust. We'll float back up into the stars. And other people, you know, like the Lion King, it's like, it's this is a circle of life. You die, you become fertilizer, You then you turn into a plant, then somebody eats you and you're part of a rabbit. The circle of life. And you just keep on going. But only Christianity, only Jesus tells us that no, you have a personality that will be forever. You know what the problem is with death is? The death is that we're separated from our loved ones. The problem with death is that we used to have this relationship with them and now it's ended or it's interrupted. For a Christian, it's only interrupted. It will carry on into eternity. We will recognize the people that have gone before us. Isn't that wonderful news? That's why Jesus came. He wanted to show them Look at guys, this is not some theoretical spiritual thing. This is real. And it impacts your life. And it impacts how you view eternity and the future. Tim Keller says this, There is no religion. There is no faith. There is no philosophy. No one ever offered the world this kind of future. A future that, there is, that it's personal, it's certain, it's unimaginably wonderful. There's no more powerful message possible than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's no more powerful message than that. You know, and that is such wonderful news. You know, when we think about what happened to Jesus Christ, his death uh, and his crucifixion, His, his death and his resurrection, it can impact our lives. And it all started in a garden. The sinful fall of mankind began in a garden with Adam and Eve. And the redemption of mankind is guaranteed in another garden where the the tomb was. Where the stone was rolled away and where Jesus was resurrected. You know, he didn't roll away the stone so that he could get out of the grave. He rolled away the stone so that we could look inside, so that the disciples could look inside and they could tell us and write it down for us that no, Jesus is not dead. Nobody stole the body. He rose from the dead and he lives forevermore. And you can have a relationship with him. That's the beauty of the message of the gospel. That Jesus promises to be, together, to be with us in our lives today. And have an impact in our lives. So how can the resurrection impact you? And I want to close with this. What about your yesterday? What about your past? Is there something that's keeping you. From having a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is personal and real. Some people look at the sin. Their own personal sin. And they say God could never forgive me of this. But God can forgive everything. He can forgive everything. Or some people deal with this sense of feeling, I'll never be good enough. If I become a Christian, if I give my life to Jesus Christ, I may never be good enough to please God. Well, you're putting too much importance on yourself. Jesus is the one that died for you and was resurrected. And he promises to place his power within you so that you can live for him. As you depend upon Him. So I want you to know your past can be totally forgiven. And is totally forgiven in Christ. Romans 8.1 says this. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for those that belong to Christ Jesus. And it's because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus Who becomes for us our righteousness, our sanctification, our redemption. Even our wisdom to live this life. It's because of God. So the emphasis is on the Lord. But we have to be open to receive that. We have to open up our hearts. We have to connect the dots. God, do you love me? God, are you speaking to me? God, what do you want from me? What is the implication of your resurrection in my life? Would you teach me what that is? And to be humble and to be open, to be teachable, God loves that. He'll take you up on that prayer. And today, you can know and experience the power of the resurrection in your life. You can experience the power of the resurrection in your life. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not myself, But Christ lives in me. And and the life I live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. So the Apostle Paul is saying, look at I'm identifying with the death and the crucifixion of Christ, but I'm also identifying with the resurrection as well. And then in in Philippians 3.10, he says, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. So, you know, I've been following the Lord now. It's been 45 years. I feel like an old man now. It's been 45 years. now. But really, I've been following the Lord for 45 years, and I still am finding out new things about Jesus Christ and about his impact in my life and how it can set me free to be more of his servant and a greater person that loves people The way that he wants me to. Why? It's through the power of the resurrection. It's through the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So tomorrow, you can also know when you die, you have the assurance of eternal life because you're trusting in Jesus Christ who defeated sin and death on the cross and rose again to prove it. You see, Jesus says, guys, it's guaranteed. I rose. This is guaranteed. You don't have to question this. I died. It's an historical fact that Jesus died. It's an historical fact that he rose again. It's an historical fact that disciples' lives were changed dramatically from being scared and fearful to being becoming courageous and bold and turning the world upside down. And it's true that God still does that work today in our lives if we will open up our lives to Him. Open up our hearts to Him. Allow Him to work in us. He says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. That's what it says in the Bible. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it's with the mouth that confession is made and with the heart we believe and it leads to salvation. So we have to connect our head to our heart and use our mouth to ask Christ to come and change us. And he does that. You know, I grew up in church for 18 years. I went to church every, almost every Sunday if I just even sat in the back and dipped my hand in holy water but I didn't make the connection. I always saw Jesus hanging on the cross, dying for my sin, but I did not make the connection. I heard the gospel for 18 years, but I didn't make the connection. We have to make the connection. And then we have to make the connection tomorrow when we're going through maybe a difficult time. God wants us to make that connection with him. And when we do, it can change our past. It can change today. It can change our future as we walk with him. Let's pray. Lord, we sit here again, hearing the Easter story, understanding that you demonstrated your love for us on the cross, You showed us that you had victory over our sin by resurrecting. And Lord, you have spoken to us today that you want us to embrace the resurrection, embrace what you've done for us, and to make that our story as well. That Lord, you promise to be with us whatever we go through. So Lord, would you continue to speak to us Because you live, Lord, because you live, we can face tomorrow. Because you live, even our past is totally forgiven. Because you live, today we can have a relationship with you. We ask this all in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus.